chapter 2 tonight, and I want to kind of piggyback off of Sunday's message and kind of do a follow-up. Um, we had, I had and heard, and I don't, I'm sure I didn't hear everything, but had several great praise reports from Sunday's message. And when I say several, I mean that. I mean several, like more than three, three or four at least that came back of, of just some testimonies and some real fruit um, of, of that message. And, and it really is a message of, of, of triumphing over bitterness that is, that is something that is, brings healing. Amen. It brings healing. And so tonight we're going to piggyback that and talk about mercy triumphing over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. We're going to be in James chapter 2. And right before we read, um, how many have ever seen the show Undercover Boss? Anybody seen that show? If you have not seen it, you need to go see it. You need to go find it. I don't know if it's on Netflix or, or what it's on. Um, and mine, it's on cable. But it is a tremendous show. It is an awesome show. And I'm just going to tell you a little bit about it so you, so you understand what it is. I've talked about it before. Uh, I'll, I'll continue to talk about it because it's, it's so neat because what they do is, is they, they, it's companies, large companies who have gotten disconnected from their employees. Um, it, it just because there's the corporate world has their you know, corporate people. And then, and then you have the places uh, whether in like in this particular situation, it was Popeye's chicken. Love me chicken from Popeye's. <laughs> I, I don't even eat chicken at Popeye's, but I got that. I, I love that. I love the commercials. The lady from Louisiana makes me want to go eat it, even though I don't, I'm not a big fried chicken person. Don't kill me. I know that's weird, especially in Texas. This particular one was Popeye's, and so um, they they have their workers, their managers, their different people who are in the stores, the franchises, and so they kind of get disconnected. So the the CEO usually, sometimes it's the CFO, sometimes it's it's always sometimes it's the owner, it's always somebody in the top five of the company, and they uh, dress up, they change their hair a little bit, or shave, or do something on their face, or whatever they do to not be recognized. And then they go into some of these stores and they see the everyday operations that are going on. And they see how uh, happy or unhappy their employees are. They see how uh, the feeling of the company is for the owners and the corporation and all these different things. And, and like I said, if you haven't seen it, you've got you've to go watch it because it challenges you as a person. It makes Every time I watch one, it makes me want to be a, a better person. It makes me want to be a better pastor. makes me care more. makes me want to realize that, that people matter more. You know, we can get so busy in life that we don't realize that people matter. So in this particular one of, of Popeye's, this, this lady, this, the CEO, CEO goes in and she's at this one particular store. And uh, let me say this before I tell the story. So at the end, the best part of the story is they'll usually have three or four people that they deal with. And, and at, at different times, they'll get on a break and they'll go out and they'll sit with these people and they'll kind of talk to them. And they'll always get some kind of their story. Uh, they've lost, you know, lost a family member or they've had some tragedy or they've cancer. This particular one, a lot of them had had damage from Katrina. Um, so they sit down with these people and they find out their dreams, their aspirations, um, different things like that. And um, then they get to where they're um, figuring that out. And at the end of the show, they sit down with these employees and the employees find out that they were dealing this whole time with the owner or the CEO or whatever it was, Okay. And so in that, in that time and in that point, they do amazing things. Isn't this where I really love the show and I, this is where I get jealous? 
because I would love to be them and do this. Do we need to switch mics? Okay. Um, tell somebody next to you, time out. Do this. Do time out. Amen. I think they might have been waving at me that I was supposed to use a different mic because we're always doing these transitions. So, Testing. All right. So they get to the end, and this is where I get jealous because they'll, they'll say, you know, I, ta- I was talking to you, and I realized that you, that you want to go to college, and we're going to pay for your college. Or, you know, I realized that you lost your apartment or something, and we're going to buy you a house. Let me do these crazy things, and I cry at the end of every single one of them. I get all teary-eyed, and I'm like, man, it's so awesome to be able to touch that person's life like that. So that's the, cool, that's the show. I didn't get any sponsorship money for that, amen. I'm not, I'm not sponsoring them or anything, but I do love the show. Uh, me and Desi just watched this one the other day. And so at the end of this, or at the beginning of this particular one, this lady's in this store, and this, this guy, he's maybe a shift leader or something, he's just being a jerk. And he is just yelling at the employees, and he's talking to this girl. And then, again, they don't realize when they're doing this that they're talking to the CEO of the company. They just think they're talking about the company. And at this one point, he says, he says yeah, we got, you know, I don't, want, I don't ever want to be a CEO clown, he says to this girl. And, of course, he's talking to the CEO, right? And they don't know that. And so you could tell in her face that she was like, you know, she wanted to just fire him right there, you know. And so she just kind of went on. So the show goes on, and I said all that to say this. At the end, this guy comes in, and once they, once they see that it's a CEO, he knew he, he had said CEO clown. He knew he was a jerk that day. He knew he treated her bad. The employee, and he, you could just tell in his face, I'm fired. I'm done. I mean, she's going to fire. I mean, you could just, you could just tell because she at, at first said, she said, you know what? The way you acted was wrong. That's not how we want our employees to act. That is not what we, because, I mean, the, the customers in the store were hearing all this and everything. And so she really, she really went after him for a minute. And, and you could just tell he was just, but then the powerful thing was after that, after she let him know that was wrong and you, sh- you can't act like that. Then she said, but I know that you probably had a bad day. And I know that that's not who you are. And I know you can do better. And he just changed his countenance when she did that. And so what she did was she did mercy over judgment. And she said, I want to help you, and I'm going to, I'm going to give you an opportunity to grow in our company. And, and I don't know what the end result down the road, six months, year, whatever it was. They always do something within about six weeks. But that girl probably changed his life because she chose to be nice and merciful and loving when she could have been judging. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. Let's look at James chapter 2, 1 to 13. And let me make sure I tie this in. The reason I want to read this is because, and and, and piggyback off of Sundays, because when we talked about bitterness, we said favor over bitterness. Okay? Now, if you didn't hear the podcast, if you didn't hear, you weren't here Sunday, go listen to the podcast. I don't usually uh, promote it, but... Go listen to it to make sure you don't miss anything from this because it's a message that we need for healing. And, and it's tied to forgiveness and it's tied to, to making our heart right with God. And, and so when you look at that, uh, that, the fact that bitterness can do so much damage to us, then we have to choose to realize how good God has been to us. Right? Every time we want to we wanna judge somebody or every time we want to be mean to somebody or every time we want to act a certain way, we need to remember how good God has been to us and that none of us deserve His love. Can you say amen? 
We don't deserve it. And sometimes we can get so spiritual and so, so in love with God and know that he loves us so much that we can forget. I always say this to you, we can forget where we came from. So watch what this says. Watch what the, And James was dealing with this back in the Bible because this is important. It says, my brethren, verse 1, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. Let me just hit that home right there. He says, he says, don't use my gospel. You know what he said? Don't use my gospel that I died for to, to make somebody more important than somebody else. Or somebody less important than somebody else. That's what that undercover boss does such a good job of. They, they show that, yes, some people might make more money or some people might do more things, but everybody's important. There was one guy in that particular show who was a janitor. His job was just cleaning, but he had so much pride in that Popeyes. He had so much, he had, he had worked there for like 20 years at one place. And he says, he says, he said, listen, he said, he said, I treat this Popeyes like it's mine. He said, this, is, this, is, this place belongs to Popeyes, but I clean like I, it's mine. God, that's a great attitude. It doesn't even matter what he gets paid. How many know he goes home and he's happy at night? Because he loves his job, and he makes his job fun, and he makes his job. So he, he, he's, he's very important. He's not the CEO of the company, but he's very important. And so everybody matters. And so Jesus says, as we talk about my gospel, don't make somebody else more important than somebody else. And this goes back to bitterness. This goes back to making sure we don't get a root, as we talked about on Sunday, of bitterness. Let's keep reading. For if there should come into your assembly... A man with gold rings in fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, sit here in a good place, and say to the poor man, you stand there or sit here at my foot still. Watch this. He says, have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts listen my beloved brethren god has not chosen the poor has not god chosen has god not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him but you have dishonored the poor man now in this story we're seeing rich and poor but the idea is don't dishonor somebody who's less don't even have to be the social status so, so to speak but everybody matters is what he's saying here Okay, And so it says, do not the rich oppress you and drag you into the courts? Do they not blaspheme that noble name by which you are called? And he says, if you're really fulfilling the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. How many know that's the golden rule? He says, you do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Stay with me. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point is guilty of all. Now let me clarify that for you. That means if you try to live by the law and say that you can, you can make it right by how you live, you, you, you're leaning on your own power and your own strength and you can't do that. It's not possible. You, you're never going to be able to fulfill the whole law. We're supposed to try, but you're not going to be able to. So he says, for he who says he does not commit adultery also says do not commit murder. 
if you do not commit adultery, but you do commit murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. Now watch this. So speak and do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. I'll break that down for you. Treat others like you wanted to be treated. Don't expect something from God that you won't give to somebody else. You get that? Don't, don't say, God, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, have mercy on me. But you don't have mercy on anybody else. That's not how it works. That's not how the gospel works. And watch this last part. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Judgment is for the one who has shown no mercy. And here's our title, Mercy Triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Amen? So there's an attitude that we have to have as believers, constantly reminding ourselves, constantly reminding ourselves, constantly looking in the mirror and saying, I am not worthy, so I need to treat other people understanding that they're not worthy either. I'm not better than them. Them, They're not better than me. I'm not worse than them. They're not worse than me. How many know everything is equal at the cross? Everything is equal at the cross. Everybody with me so far? Seeing this story about how we're, we should treat everybody the same way? We don't, we don't treat one person different than another. See, here's a problem. Let me show you a problem of the churches today. That's one of the big problems in the big churches is a lot of people come in and maybe they have influence. Maybe they have money. Maybe they have uh, influence financially or, or in the government or whatever. And if that preacher gets up and preaches a certain way, worried about what those people are going to say or think, something's wrong. If they preach the gospel according to how, how uh, that person might react, if, they, I mean, if, I, if I preach on that sin, then, then they might go and, and uh, stop tithing. I mean, no, that's not right. You don't treat anybody any more important than anybody else. I remember Tommy Barnett, great preacher. He's still alive. I grew up hearing him all the time. And he was a church. He had a, he had a large church, but he was a soul winner. And as he, how many are glad you're under a roof right now? And he was a soul winner. And, and he had lots and lots of thousands of people in his church. And he had Oscar Mayer in his church. He had Jerry Colangelo in his church. He had billionaires in his church. And he had prostitutes in his church. And he had homeless people in his church. And he had the down and out in his church. He had everybody. That's how church is supposed to be. Church is supposed to have everybody. And everybody's supposed to get along and everybody's supposed to love each other without partiality. That's exactly what this scripture says. Now, this ties into bitterness. How we treat people. We should treat people how we want to be treated. So he, he got interviewed one time and someone said, how, how do you get these billionaires in your church and these people that are from the streets, how do you have both in your service? And he said, I learned something a long time ago. And I believe this, and I've tried to keep this myself. He says, if he, God told him, if you go after the people nobody wants, I'll give you the people everybody wants. Think about it. That's a powerful statement. 
If we go after the lost and the downtrodden and we don't, we're not focused on social status or, or trying to get people with money, we're just getting people that need Jesus. That's, what they, that's, that's the silver lining. Then God will take care of the rest. How many believe that? And he's done that for us in our church. He's taking care of us because we have a heart for the lost. Now let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. This is, uh, I've got several verses here. This is from Sunday, but I want to read this again. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And here, here's one of the best parts of, last, of Sunday's message. And it says, cling, sorry, be tenderhearted, be tenderhearted and kind to one another, forgiving one another. Watch this. Forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. We have got to remember that. That would be a good place to underline in your Bible right there. Okay? Even as God in Christ forgave you. I could just spend the next 20 minutes reading that over and over again and hope it gets in our heads. Even as God in Christ forgave you. We get saved and we forget who we used to be. We get saved and we forget what we used to do. We get saved and we forget how lost we were, how much we needed God, because we've got Him now and we forget. So God needs to remind us over and over again, listen, I need you to forgive others as I have forgiven you. Y'all with me? Cannot expect God to love me and God forgive me and God change me when he says you don't, want, you don't forgive nobody else. You want me to forgive you, but you don't want to forgive anybody else. Don't work like that. Treat others like you want to be treated. Love others like you want to be loved. Talk to other people like you want to be talked to. Right? How many know that goes a long ways? Don't we got to check ourselves sometimes if somebody at a restaurant or somebody somewhere treats us a certain way and don't we get checked sometimes and the Holy Spirit says, you just treated someone just like that. Are we listening to the Holy Spirit? Like Jesse said, am I the only one? Well, he'll talk to you and say, hey, you didn't like that, did you? Sometimes he'll put you into, into contact with someone just like you. So God can say, that's just like you sound. That's just like you act. You didn't like that? That's what you sound like. If we let the Holy Spirit speak to us, right? And we say, you're right, Lord. I don't, ooh, I don't want to do that again. Help me. So even as God and Christ has forgave you. See, God's not asking us to do something he didn't do. It says, be kind and tenderhearted and forgiving. Kind and tenderhearted and forgiving. That's not easy to do, but Jesus did it. So he says, as I forgave you, you forgive others. Here's a great verse, short part of the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, 7. Simple right here. Here's simple. Blessed, Matthew 5, 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Did y'all hear that? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Y'all don't get so used to looking at the screen that you don't bring your Bibles. Amen. We just did that to you on purpose to see if you, you have your Bibles. I might throw some I might throw some from the Quran up there sometime. See if y'all are paying attention. Or from some Chinese proverb or something. Amen. Or from Mark 17. Amen. 
Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Simple gospel right there. You want mercy? Give mercy. Amen. How many know we need mercy? Let me just tell you what mercy is real quick. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. Not getting what we deserve. That's mercy. Okay, James 3. James chapter 3, verses 14 to 16. Great verses here. This is also from Sunday. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above. It is earthly and sensual and demonic. Amen? Earthly, sensual, and demonic. That's crazy that he would be talking to some Christians and calling them demonic. Having that kind of attitude, is, it doesn't mean we're possessed by a devil. It means we act like the devil sometimes. Right? We forget how God has been so good to us. It says, for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Amen? Let me give you this quote real quick. Great quote. quote. Make it simple. Grace is, sometimes we don't really understand the definition of grace. Grace is when God gives us what we don't deserve. That's grace. Okay? Receiving something we don't deserve. Everybody understand that? Simple term of what grace means. It's, it's not, it's God giving me something I don't deserve. And then mercy is, is God giving, not giving me what I do deserve. You see that, how they tie hand in hand? Let me read that again. Grace is when God gives us what we don't deserve. Mercy is when God doesn't give us what we do deserve. That was that, that, was that man in that, in that show, show. He deserved to be fired. He did. Most people would have fired him. And, and, and if he was on the other end, he would probably would have fired himself. Because he was mean and he was rude and he, he wasn't being like Popeyes wanted him to be. But that woman said, you know what? He deserves to be fired, but I'm going to try to believe in this man. I'm going to tell him, I know that you had a bad day. I'm going to give you a second chance. I'm going to give you what you don't deserve, which is grace. And I'm not going to give you what you do deserve, which is mercy. I'm not going to fire you. I'm going to give you another chance. That's what God did with us. We just deserve death. We just deserve separation from him. We just deserve hell. Amen. And he says, you know what? I'm not going to give you what you deserve. I'm going to be merciful to you. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Let's end tonight with a story in the book of Matthew chapter 18. And we have heard before, but I think this is just a great, great story and parable to help us walk away from here tonight with this in our hearts and our spirits. Because it's important. Matthew 18 Verses 23 to 35. Give me an amen when you get there. All right, we're going to read this parable. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. How many know this parable? But as he was not able to pay his master, commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. So the servant fell down before him and said, Master, have patience with me. You know what he's saying? Master, have mercy on me. 
I will pay you all. And then the master of the servant was moved with compassion. That's what God does every time we ask for forgiveness. He's moved with compassion. That's what that lady did with that young man. She was moved with compassion to try to help him. So he released him and forgave him the debt. Now watch verse 28. So this guy, this, let me just make sure we're clear on this. That's us. We come to God. We have a debt we can never pay, ever. We say, Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. And he says, okay, I'll forgive you. Now, matter of fact, I'm going to forgive everything you've ever done. I'm going to give you a, a clean slate. I, you're, you're good. And we walk away from the altar. We walk away from, sal- from, from the church. We walk away from that place where we met Jesus, and we're healed. We're saved. We're forgiven. Our debt is gone. Right? That's where mercy triumphs over judgment. Then watch what happens. Then that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. What he's doing in this story is he's showing that the debt that the first man paid had was unpayable. The debt that the second man paid was hardly anything. hundred denarii. And he says he laid him his hands on him and took him by the throat and said, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him and said, listen to see if this sounds familiar, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were grieved. That's the Holy Spirit being grieved. And came and told their master all that had been done. And his master, after he had called him, said, You wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. And 35 says, So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from your heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Amen. So here's the thing. That, that's very heavy. That's very sobering. That's very, very strong. Jesus is saying simply what I'm trying to tell you tonight. He's saying if you cannot forgive somebody else, I cannot forgive you. Stop asking me for forgiveness. Or in other words from Sunday, stop being bitter and allow forgiveness to come into your life and realize that you, the person you're bitter against, needs me just like you do. Right? Because when we're bitter, when we have that root of bitterness, it's connected to somebody. We're not bitter at, at, at the sky. We're not bitter at somebody we don't know. We're bitter at a situation. We're bitter at a person. We're bitter at something that happened to us. And so we are, we are wanting to hold a grudge. We're wanting to keep that person in prison, so to speak. And who's the one that's really in prison? Me. I think I'm, that old saying, I think I'm hurting them and, 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 and by not forgiving them. And I'm hurting them by being resentful and bitter. And all I'm doing is drinking my own poison. Hurting myself. 
And so God is simply saying to us tonight, I need you, my people, to have the same love for others that I have for you. I need you, my people, to have the same compassion for others as I have for you. I need you to be merciful to them like I've been merciful to you. Simple. Not simple to do, but simple to understand. How about the picture of the cross? As I begin to close, I want you to think about this. How about the picture of the cross? It's one of the best pictures in the whole Bible. Two thieves, Jesus in the middle, and they're mocking him. And at one point, the guy looks over to him and says, hey, he comes to his senses, just like we do. You go, man, maybe it's at an altar. Maybe it's during the message. Maybe it's in the car. Man, i got to start being more merciful. Amen. I got to start being more compassionate. I got to start loving people more. I got to start being more like Jesus is to me. Or I got to start being more like the person that Jesus used was to reach me. I'm here thankful that somebody had mercy on you to tell you about Jesus. Somebody had mercy on you and loved you when you weren't lovable. None of us come in and get saved in a loving state. We're not lovable. We don't, nobody, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're bad, we're wicked, we're, we're lost. And someone says, you know what, I'm going to have mercy on this person as God had mercy on me. I'm going to see them come through as God saw me come through. A lot of times, church, I was talking to someone about this this week that was one of the people testifying, is we, what we realize is we see ourselves in other people. Right? Like you see somebody come in and get saved, and then I tell them, hey, look at that person and realize that was you five years ago. That was you two years ago. That was you three years ago. That was you. You see that person, and then you, and then you kind of say, man, but they're so, you know, because you kind of come along a little bit. You say, they're so lost. They're so, and you go, that was you. And I say, that was you. That's exactly what you look like. That's exactly how you acted. Now you need to be merciful to them like somebody was merciful to you. Amen? So listen to this. Mercy forgave the thief on the cross. Mercy over judgment. Jesus did not deserve the cross. The thief did. And God had mercy over judgment. He said, instead of sending you to hell, watch this, I'm going to let you go to heaven. Mercy over judgment. So listen to this. Mercy forgave the thief on the cross, and grace took that thief to paradise. Grace took that thief to paradise. Amen? Carried him into paradise. Mercy forgave him. Grace took him. Today you're on a path with God because grace is carrying you. Amen? Right now. He's carrying you. How many know we don't deserve it? This is a prevention thing. When we begin to get bitter, when we begin to get angry, when we begin to get frustrated, got to stop and say, Lord, remind me of that debt that you forgave me of. Because you're going to have moments. Amen. You're going to have moments that you feel like you're mad, you're angry, you're frustrated, you feel injustice, you feel that, that things aren't going the way they're supposed to go. Stop and say, God, don't allow that root of bitterness to rise up in me again. I'm going to remember how f patient you were with me. Amen. How many, how many can say God was patient with you tonight? Patient.
patient. Very patient. We didn't deserve it. We still don't deserve it. And you know what we do when we love on somebody else that doesn't deserve love? We show God that we believe we still don't deserve it and He's just merciful. When we act that way, I don't know the story of this CEO's life, but you could tell that there was something going on in her life too. How many know she, even though she maybe had a nice house and a nice car, she might have, she might have had some kind of, of memory with this man or something that happened and she might have said, you know what, I, I, I want to fire this guy for being like this to me. But, but maybe somebody gave her a second chance. How many know for her to become CEO? I don't know her story. She probably was given a second chance somewhere along the way. It kind of goes back to that pay it forward thing. That's what we're doing. We're paying the love of Jesus forward. And, and we're giving it to someone that we don't know what they're going to do with it. You know what we do too many times? We're all guilty of this. I don't want to forgive them because they might not do the right thing with it. That's not our job. It's our job to forgive them. It's our job to have mercy on them. And they do whatever they do with it. But how many know sometimes they're going to do the right thing? And then in heaven, we'll see that. Last verse again. I already read it, but I want to read it again. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Amen. Father, thank you for your mercy tonight. Thank you for your forgiveness. Lord, if we are walking in forgiveness, if we are walking with the understanding of what mercy is, we will not allow a root of bitterness to come in. As you're praying tonight, I want you to think of that parable again. I want you to put yourself in that parable. I want you to think about how easy it is, and it is easy, how easy it is to forget the debt Jesus paid for you when you're seeing the offense of somebody else in your life. Let me say that again. It's very easy to forget the debt Jesus paid for you when you see the offense someone else has done to you. It's at that moment that you need to say, God, help me. Help me forgive this person. When, when, you be, when your flesh begins to say, they don't deserve it, let your spirit say, neither do you. Neither do you. Neither do I, Lord. I don't, I don't deserve the, the mercy you give me. But your word says they're new every morning. That your faithfulness is great. That I don't deserve forgiveness, but you forgive me anyways. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Father, I'm thankful tonight. I am thankful that your mercy triumphs over their judgment. Tonight, just for a minute, as you're praying, can you let that sink in tonight, how powerful it is that mercy triumphs over judgment? Because God is a just God. He's a just God. That means if we start trying to be good in His eyes, we're in trouble. On our own merit, we're in trouble. That's what we say, like I said Sunday, we throw the cross at the situation. Throw the cross at the situation. Father, we thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. 
Tonight, we want to spend some time in your presence thanking you. Lord, as we said on Sunday, these are prevention messages. Sometimes they're healing, but sometimes they're just prevention. Not allowing that spirit or that root of bitterness to grow up inside of us. That causes so much damage to our relationships. God, I don't want to be like that man who walked away from being forgiven and went and acted with somebody else the same way that he, that he deserved. Help me to do, Lord God, as to others as you have done unto me. Give me that spirit of grace, that spirit of mercy tonight. In Jesus' name, if you're here tonight and you don't know the Lord, you're not saved and you're not born again, tonight's the night you can be saved. Tonight's the night you can say, Jesus, I call on your mercy. I call on your grace. Forgive me tonight for all of my sins. Maybe you're backslidden, running from the Lord. Tonight, if you don't have a relationship with him, lift your hand and say, Pastor, I need prayer tonight. I need Jesus to come into my life. I need mercy to overcome my situation. I'm, I'm lost without Jesus tonight. Amen. Let's stand to our feet tonight and let's spend a few minutes in prayer. And, and just think about mercy tonight. Think about how good God has been to you. Pray at your seat. Pray at the altar. Do whatever you want to do. But let's take some time tonight and just thank the Lord for his mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment.